Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group. Our topic today is managing growth in the city of Leander. And with us to talk about that is the mayor of Leander, Christine Delisle. Welcome to the show, Mayor. Hi, AJ. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, well, thanks for your time. I know there's a lot of things happening up in your part of uh, the world and the next for here today. And so before we start with the topic of growth in Leander, the significant growth, growth in Leander, I want to get to know you better, for the audience to know you better. Um, where are you from? And let's talk about your path to becoming mayor of one of the fastest growing cities in America. Sure. Um, so it's kind of crazy. Like I know Leander, Texas historically was known as like a small Texas town, even though we're, we're growing, but I am a California millennial. Um, I was born in San Francisco, raised just outside of Oakland and moved to Texas in 2010. And so for the last dozen years, I am proud to be a Texan. Um, and it's been great, I think, having that background of coming from big cities and coming to a much smaller town that has hyper growth. You know, what we see in the area right now reminds me so much of the dot-com boom that we had in the Bay Area in the 90s and the skyrocketing price of houses and everybody moving here um, and all of the big companies. And so I think it's it's been a great experience to grow up with, to position me, to understand the nuances of, of what's happening in this area now. Um, I ran for council in 2018. I was here in Leander raising my kids and, um, you know, sometimes I get a little loud mouthed and I, I point out things that I wish could be better. And um, a former council member um, who's now a friend kind of, you know, snapped at me on Facebook and said, well, Christine, if you think you can do it better, you should run for office. And so I did. And I, I won a council seat and we were able to expand the offerings that we have for kids and, and kind of get those things that I was hoping we would have to, you know, avoid some of the things that I saw growing up, you know, Um I wanted to make sure that kids had a lot of opportunities to stay out of trouble. And so we've, we've done a lot of that. There's still some work to go, but we've done a lot of that. Um, and then when I had finished out my first term and the office of, of mayor was coming up, I thought, well, I'm either all in or I'm all out. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that I had a lot of ideas that I could contribute and that um, either people would agree with me or they didn't. And it turns out they agreed. And so I won my race for mayor in May of 2021. And we've been um, helping make Leander even more awesome ever since. Very good. Very good. I remember, yeah, we, I know we had connected for the show and um, regarding Leander, I told you kind of my anecdote, just uh, I grew up in Austin and um, I remember in high school, my freshman year in 1997, one of my classmates, she told me she was moving to Leander. And first of all, just like, where, where is that? And they're like, oh, it's, it's this part of Austin, like I or this part of like, you know, the county. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, and I'm sure that wherever the house they got is probably they held on to it. I know it's grown spectacularly in terms of the uh, right. value or everything else. Um, in, terms of, in terms of growth of, of Leander, I mean, so, this, you know, in 2010, in the 2010 census, y'all were about 27,000 folks. Now, yeah. in 2020, so it's grown since, but in 2020, you're at 59,202. Well, and that's the census numbers, which we know the census is wrong because we are the water utility. So we know how many connections we have and we are just below 90,000 in population right now. Yeah. Um, And we're growing 12 to 13% year over year. So it's just mind boggling. And, and it's, it's a juggling act to keep Mm -hmm. everything going when you're growing so quickly. 
And I think given, you know, we, we face, we see those same trends happening to the county to the south of us uh, in Hayes and some other cities. We had uh, a council member from, council member from Kyle on, uh, Mayor, uh, Mayor, council member Ellison to talk about that, but similar issues, massive growth in a short amount of time. So with that, I think you're, I want to get to this, the San Francisco tie too. I think that definitely apply and really how this, your views on how the city views Austin. But a lot of that, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a good position to be because, you know, y'all can, you know, look at what's happening in Austin and maybe not repeat some of the things we've done here, some people would say, but how is the city, you know, how is your, the city's approach, your approach and your colleagues approach, you feel to development, both in the real estate part, but also economic development, which I know the Williamson County in the whole is, you know, you're, you've gotten some, you've gotten one of the, one of the largest deals, I think, um, in the, our metro in a long time. And then I, I see what's going on in Hutto, or ringing about Hutto and, you know, their potential deal with uh, applied materials from two, about $2 billion. So what is the Leander's uh, approach to you know, development, both commercial and, and residential, both are important, and then just getting businesses up there if you want them? Yeah, that was a really big question. Um, <laughs> Let's start with the city's approach to development and we'll start with real estate, um, sure. commercial real estate. Okay, uh, it's starting with commercial? Let's do residential, actually. Let's do that. Okay. So, um, you know, residential, this market is insane and developers can't put houses on the ground fast enough. Um, and it's, it's crushing us a little bit. Um, there's this misnomer that people think that we can just stop development and legally we can't, it would be what's called a regulatory taking. We would get sued. We would lose. Um, all we can do is sort of put little push factors on the market that keep development slowed a little bit, kind of almost decentivize it a little bit. Um, but you can't do that too much or else you get back into that regulatory taking. Um, but we absolutely need to slow things down. Currently, what the city is doing is we are asking developments that are coming in to phase their, their approach. So instead of putting, you know, 500 houses down in a year, they're doing 200 each year. So they don't all come online into our water system all at once. I mean, Leander has been in the news the last couple of years for um, our lack of keeping up with the growth when it comes to water distribution. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that we're very conscious of. And, and we're trying to incentivize as much as we can for low flow, everything, zero scaping, um, you know, put down concrete, whatever. I don't care. Like, just don't water your plants, please. Um, no lawns. Um, and so there's been a shift where several years ago, the city really loved, you know, the large lot, lush green lawn developments. We wanted um, all of the common spaces to have these huge green areas that people could walk through and it's beautiful. But what we found in the last couple of years is the maintenance of that requires so much water that we really have had this shift in our thinking where we want things that are a little more drought tolerant, um, a little more environmentally friendly, and so that's, that's what we're looking at with residential is just trying to slow it down a little bit and make sure that we're not overwhelming our system. Um, if we were to just stop it suddenly, you know, if you look at our budget, about half of it relies on development fees. So stopping it altogether, even if we could, would bankrupt us almost immediately. So it's a really interesting position with a lot more nuance and details than I think the public realizes. I hope that answered your question. It does. I know that's um, often the case with on the you know, when you're on the dais. Just I think 
there's always just people have their opinions and they're they're right and that's it. Yeah. And then so on the commercial side, what do you what uh what's the the, the sentiment up there? So actually, do you mind if I go back to the residential for one minute? Please, yes. There's this debate that goes on, this sort of conundrum. Let's say you have this big piece of land, right? And you can either develop single family homes with yards that are going to have irrigation systems, or you can develop a small apartment building, which doesn't have the irrigation system, but it has more users. Which one is going to use more water? (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, is we have had, um, you know, experts come in and, and talk about this. And it's, it's not entirely clear cut. You know, there are a couple of different factors that go into it, but it, it's one of those things where it's like, we think in general, the apartment users use less, but we're not entirely positive. But then do we want that many more people that are also on the roads, even mm-hmm. if it's more water-friendly? So this is, you know, when you're talking about like what we're considering on the dais, this is all of the thinking that goes into it all. And it's, if you're a policy nerd and a data alert nerd, like I am, like it's awesome, but it's also um, a little bit overwhelming sometimes. I imagine. I, yeah. I, I actually, I know, for, I know that for a fact. Um, and then, so on the commercial side, what, what's, uh, what's the sentiment with that with council on the dais? We love commercial. We cannot get enough commercial. Um, particularly, what's that? Any types of particularly y'all or, or want to or get more in the city? Yeah, so we really want to have a diverse economy that can withstand these market fluctuations and pandemics and and whatnot. So we need some more industrial and job space and on on, standard commercial uh, retail kind of things. Um, We want want quality development. We want quality retailers. Um, It is my goal in life to get us a Trader Joe's and not Cedar Park. <laughs> um, but uh, there's that California coming through. Um, in and out, out Burger? Yeah, well, we've got one not too far in Cedar Park, but maybe someday we'll get an in and out mm-hmm. um, But uh, yeah, we, we really want to get um, some unique retailers. And so we don't have an economic development corporation like a lot of cities our size do. And so we don't have a whole lot of incentives. So when we have something that we really want, we're typically incentivizing through tax rebates on their property tax valuations. Um, We don't do that a ton when it comes to retail and especially restaurants, because what we want to use those incentives for, because it's a loss of income over time to the city, um, what we want to use those incentives for is for good paying jobs, for jobs where people can afford to live here, which, I mean, that target is moving right now in this market, mm-hmm. but, um, but we want to incentivize more large employers. So if you saw the Kanshan knife factory that's moving mm-hmm. here, it's a headquarters. So it's got white color and blue color. It's got their factory there, their executive jobs, all different levels. Um, we incentivize that with some rebates on their property tax. Um, and that's the kind of thing that we want because that's going to have livable wages. We did, however, just pass an ordinance um, at our last meeting. So last week, two weeks ago, we, we passed a plan for how to incentivize restaurants because every so often you do get one that's going to be a big attractor. So one that, um, really went under the radar that we incentivized, um, a couple months ago was Southside Market and Barbecue. And 
you know, having them come in right on our toll road, we know that that's going to be a, a driver, no pun intended, for people in the area of Liberty Hill and Cedar Park to come into Leander and go get dinner and then maybe stop and do some shopping while they're here. So that kind of restaurant with that kind of cachet that has a draw from outside of town, we're willing to give some of those uh, rebates back on property taxes to get more people to come into town. So we're not just relying on sales taxes from our residents. Got it. You, so that was my next question is being an economic development to answer that one. Um, getting the challenges you're facing, let's look at, you know, just what do you view as the major challenges, top three over the next five years? Um, so currently the big one that is in the news is transportation. Mm -hmm. We um, currently are a Cap Metro partner city and Cap Metro is great. Transportation is great. Um, but the way that it's funded in Texas can be a little crippling on cities. Um, it's funded at the city level and not the county level, which is why you don't have well-connected transit systems around central Texas. It's sort of this patchwork of where you can and cannot go. Um, and it takes 1% of sales tax. You know, when you go and buy something in a store, it's like 8.25%. One of those percentages goes to Cap Metro, where ordinarily it would default to the city. Um, and so the only way to change that is to do an election to get out. And by doing that, we have people that rely on transit. And so at council level, we have made this promise that if the voters choose to exit, we're going to fund transit ourselves. And that might be a long-term contract with Cap Metro for services, like how uh, Pflugerville does and Round Rock, or it might be that we just run our own bus service, but it's gonna be expensive for sure. Less expensive than what it costs right now, mm -hmm. but it's gonna be expensive. And it means having an entirely new department that focuses on transportation. So that's going to be a major issue in Leander for the next several years. Um, and I think it's a growing pain, but it's a good growing pain. It's, it's uh, a growing pain of success, right? Yeah. Um, another growing pain of success that we're facing is the water challenges. We've got all of these infrastructure plans in place, but it takes time. And so while everything is funded and planned and all the things, it's two to seven years before we start seeing the improvements. It's two years for the first few, mm -hmm. seven for full build out of, yeah, of the system. And so that's growing too. That's consistently growing with like you're related to that real quick. So, I mean, even the, you know, this at the end of the decade, you know, you're maybe triple, triple the population now. You're like, it's almost like you're trying to, you're trying to match, uh, I don't know, um, hit a moving target, right? Like it's, you know, the population is going to increase and there's only so fast y'all can move on infrastructure for lots of reasons. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So on this week's agenda, we're approving a conservation specialist position within the city. Um, some of our neighboring cities have had great success having a full-time conservation person. Um, they'll go out and do water audits at businesses and houses and help figure out how our higher users can cut some of their usage back. And uh, it helps them, it saves on their water bill, but it also helps us to cut that usage down. Um, I think over the next six or eight months, the rest of this year, a lot of the things you're going to see coming out of council are going to be initiatives towards conservation. And I think that's going to be the core messaging that we have in everything we do is how to conserve water. 
And anything, any, the third one, if anything, those are two yes. big ones already. <laughs> I know, right? Those are already overwhelming. So it's going to be the basics of keeping up with the growth. So the long-term plans for infrastructure, like the, well, there's water for that, but the roads, maintaining them and, um, and taking care of them. Like when we have the ice storms, making sure that we have enough trucks and, and warm bodies to go and, you know, put out the sand at the intersections um, and keeping up with the staffing in police and fire and those sorts of services that, that people need. Parks, you know, parks has been a huge one here um, because for years, the city didn't have a very robust ordinance for developers coming in how much parkland they had to dedicate. And so we're behind the ball on how much parkland we have. And it's amazing how passionate everybody is about parks. They want more parks, they want ball fields, they want rec centers, they want senior centers. Um, and so we're doing everything we can to provide those because we think that people are moving out here for the quality of life. And so it's important to find a way to do some of these things and not just be the basics of you have police and fire, like be happy, right? Yep. Like, do you, I mean, I, I alluded to, or I kind of predicted about the, um, expanded on the uh, population growth, but do y'all have estimates on where we will be by end of decade or how, you know, the next census? Um, if we continue at, at this rate, we know that full build out is supposed to be somewhere between 200 and 250,000 people. We're going to be one of the largest cities in the region. Um, and if you look at our land mass, I think we're something like 38 square miles. It's, it's a large city and people don't think of that because historically it was always so tiny and it's just the last several years that it's boomed. Um, we think that if, if the market continues the way it is that, yeah, in that next 10 years, we're going to be near that build out number. We're expected to hit a hundred thousand this year. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy because when I started on council in 2018, we were at 63,000. So it's insane. Do you, do you know where a lot of the growth is coming from? Like, is it, is it, is it rippling from Austin? See, you know, see about the core or is it, other parts of Texas too. When people think of, I was, well, yeah, why I talk to friends outside the country, when people think of Austin, they think of the Metro, yeah. right? And so um, when you think of LA, you don't think of like, in LA is huge, LA County is huge, but are folks coming from around Texas coming to be around Austin? Like, are you, are you getting a lot of people who are living in Leander commuting in, like state employees, city, actually city of Austin employees probably too, a lot of that. Uh, oh, where, yeah. where do you, what's the mix just, just you know, just, Roughly, what do, you, what do you feel just what you've seen? So we are pulling in people from all over the country. I have this joke that, you know, my neighborhood, nobody is from here. Like we're all from different states originally. Um, but uh, we do have, we do have a lot of city of Austin employees, especially police department. And we also have a lot of military like officers that work in Colleen. And they make that commute every day. So we kind of, we're in the middle of both, right? Um, I know that the number one route for U-Haul in the entire company is from LA to Austin, one way. Um, And we also know from Williamson County and Austin Business Journal, they put together this fantastic Williamson County Growth Summit every year. And every year they tell us that um, the main migration into Williamson County is from Travis County. So from that, the guess has always been people are moving from California to Austin and then picking their permanent residence out here. Yeah. But 
I think there's, I think there's more of a mix. That's, I mean, that's Williamson County in general. I think there's much more of a mix in Leander than that. Just my knowledge of people here. We are from all over and a lot of us just come straight here from another state. Mm-hmm. We get right. a lot of people that move here from Cedar Park too, right? which is yeah. interesting. Again, the whole, this, this, <laughs> this, yeah, that like, Williams, I mean, Williamson County and Hayes County, just the growth of some of these cities from the time, you know, from the time I was a kid and I knew, I knew where they, I knew of them, but you're like, you know, and a lot of time, a lot of, even back then, a lot of it was state employees who could get, you know, a lot more bang for their buck out in Williamson County because it was, just, the population wasn't there yet um, now. So it's amazing to see the growth there. And, you know, I think for our region, what that means, and I'm really curious as just for our business, really curious about how that influences the politics of the region um, and, and the state for that matter as well. Um, well, well Mary, go ahead, Mary. Sorry, yeah. just to get to that about influencing the politics, you know, I've thought about that a lot with this last year's election and how I came to be elected. I think um, you're about my age, right? Like it's our yes. time, right? Our people, millennials, we are. Yeah, like we are not like 18 years old in skinny jeans eating avocado toast, right? Like we are out in the world. We own houses now. We have careers. We have kids and politics is just the next domain, you know? And, um, and so I felt like last year's election, really, there's a lot of me here, right? There's a lot of millennial moms that are here that are like, yes, here is somebody who has all the same issues as me. I identify with her, let her lead. And I think that's how you end up with me as the mayor. Um, and, and I just think we're probably going to see that in a lot of these cities now where we have younger council people and younger mayors. And I see it with our staff where, you know, as people leave and retire, you know, our new directors are us, (laughs) you know, and it's cool. We just did um, an economic development conference and my team, the three of us are all about the same age. I think I was the oldest and I'm 40, right? (laughs) And I'm the old one of the group. Um, And it was cool to like go to this conference and just have all this energy because, you know, years ago, the people I knew in economic development, they were, they tended to be a little bit older. They have been doing this for decades and there's just, they're good, but it's a different energy. It's a different way of doing business. Whereas we're in there and we're like tag teaming and, you know, you hear in my voice, I'm sure I say like every other word and, you know, and it's cool and it's fun. And, you know, we can see people getting excited talking to us because it's not that, um, older business, our parents strategy, right. And so it's, it's fun. It's really cool to watch our people come up. It's funny. So some of the boards I'm on, I'm still, I'll be 39 next month, May, but I'm still the youngest or one of the younger people on the board. And so, and I don't get it until, you know, my associates are all in their twenties. I'm like, I get that balance. Of, okay. I go to these meetings. I'm like, I know I'm not a kid. I'm not a kid. I'm a grown man. I know that right. but then when people like, you know, your parents age kind of, you're like, look, you're a peer of these people. Okay. You can talk, yes. you can respectfully talk back to them. It's fine. You're not right. like, this, right. And my associates are just like, I made some reference to some, I don't know, 90s cartoon, something we would have known. And I was like, oh, man. As soon as they said it, I was like, I, what did I, oh, you know, I got that. Right. Um, well, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, I know you've a lot going on in this high growth city. And I want to leave you with the last word. Ooh. Um, well, I or, just wanted <laughs> I just wanted to thank you so much. This has been such a cool opportunity. And um, yeah, to everybody out there in the Austin area, if you haven't checked out Leander in the last five years, 
come for like a visit and come take a look because every time you come up here, if it's been at least six months, it's a different city. <laughs> we are booming. Love it. Mayor Christine Delisle of City of Leander, thank you for your time. Thank you so much, AJ.